Welcome to the Coaching for Leaders podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dave Shep. Today we're going to be covering a range of topics on leadership, life purpose, goals, and what you're doing in your life to be happy. I'm a business coach, life coach, and I got a bit of woo-woo in me. I've been creating leaders for over 25 years, and I hope that this show inspires you to bring out your hidden potential and empowers you to live your passion. Let's go ahead and start today's show. Uh, today I'm really excited because I have someone with me who has a vast amount of knowledge. His name is Eric Lofholm, and he has taught proven sales systems to thousands of professionals around the world. He's the president and CEO of Eric Lofholm International, and it's an organization that's founded to professionally train people on what it means to be in sales. And this goes for all of you sales managers out there, all of you entrepreneurs who have a business, who don't know how to get leads, who are stuck in sales, who don't, don't understand or don't have the money to get the training that you need. Eric is an incredible resource. Eric, welcome to today's show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, this this is awesome. You know, when I when I came across you and found you, uh, I was I was very impressed with the amount of free information that you give out. Uh, and for me, that's someone who is in it for the right reasons. I mean, you just the the vast amount of knowledge that you share in all of all of your platforms is incredible. And so first, as as a consumer, I just want to say thank you. Because even reading some of the stuff that I found you, you, you give great information and it's just, it's amazing. What got you started in all this and what made you want to just give away your knowledge to help people? Yeah, you know, um, I started in sales in the early 1990s and uh, I was the bottom producer at my company. I had never been professionally trained. I was about to get fired from my job uh, because I'd missed a quota two months in a row. And I met my sales mentor, Dr. Donald Moyne. And with receiving professional sales training for the first time, I hit the quota. So I got to keep my job. <laughs> and the next month, um, I five times quota and became the top producer at that company. And what I learned from that experience is that selling is a learned skill. I learned that professional training truly does work. And uh, we're all born with natural gifts and talents. And one of my gifts is teaching. Um, I love to teach. And so once I had Dr. Moyne's ideas, I started teaching my coworkers, not as a consultant or as a business, but just for fun, because I wanted to help them. And I started producing some pretty top salespeople just kind of for fun. And uh, I sprung board that opportunity uh, to go work for Tony Robbins. And I worked for Tony for three years in the, the late 1990s and started my own company, Eric Lofholm International in 1999 to help people uh, get professionally trained. Um, we do most of our training virtually like what you and I are doing here. And um, really at my core, I just, I just love to teach. I know what a difference it's made for me. And um, that's why I have so much <laughs> free content out there. It's just a way to help people. Oh, that, that, that's amazing. You, uh, it, it's neat that you said that you you helped your team, your peers, your teamwork, because very similar to me, um, when I was in sales, um, that's the same thing it was. I go into a place and everybody's up and down in numbers. You've got top performers who aren't consistent. You know, one month this person's up top, one month this person's up top. And it was just like a luck of the draw of who picked up the phone rather than going out there and engaging and, and building relationships. So um, I, I was pretty good at, at producing and so I started sharing what I did and with my spreadsheets and with my knowledge. And then our team just became 
super, super strong. And our manager became strong. I had a really uh, open manager who was just like, yeah, let's, let's train, let's do some in-house training, you know, and we made a really good, solid team. And, and it, was, it, it was such a difference when you just helped. And then she, my sales manager learned a lot during that process and with, with interviewing, you know, just interviewing the right kind of person who was coachable was, was important. When you're talking to a, a sales manager or a leader and you're doing some training, is there like a certain consistent thing that you're finding, like a problem or a mess in their life that you're like, okay, yeah, I know how to fix this right away. Yeah. I had a, um, a call recently with a, a newer sales manager and uh, he was just asking me questions like, you know, what can I do for my team? How can I get them to perform at a higher level? And uh, my first main book I wrote uh, is called The System. And it's, I was influenced to write that book by Michael Gerber, who wrote The E-Myth. And uh, Gerber's all about systematizing your business. And I think of systems in terms of selling. And so I was talking to this sales manager, his name is Blake. And I said, one of the most important things that you can do, Blake, is have your team do role play. And uh, he's doing a lot of virtual training with his team and, and Zoom allows you to do breakout sessions. And so that was a simple thing that his team can do. Um, another thing that I was advising his team to do was to consume content with repetition. And this is not intuitive. So there's a, a movie out about Justin Bieber called Never Say Never. And I've watched it like seven times, the same movie. And you go, why would you do that, Eric? Well, I'm not, it's not that I'm a big Justin Bieber fan. I'm a fan of somebody who took a market, took a concept and used marketing to make it go viral. So I want to put those concepts in my mind on a subconscious level. So a proven thing that any sales manager can do is if there's good company training content, or you can get content outside of your company. Like I have, you know, hundreds of modules, for example, that I share with sales managers that, to, that they can then share with their team. And the good ones, you want to consume it with repetition to put those distinctions in the mind of the salesperson on a subconscious level. So I was teaching Blake about that and about role play. And those are just some very practical things that can predictably improve the quality of salespeople. That, that's awesome. Um, the, the one thing that you do also is you do a daily inspirational call. What, what, yeah. what is that? Yeah, I, um, I got this idea one day. Uh, I, I had heard another guy do it with his sales team where he would get, um, they do a little 15 minute rah-rah session at the beginning of the day to get really pumped up. And I thought, I want to do that for my community. <laughs> so I started doing a, a, a daily conference call and I just put it out to my community. Hey, anybody that wants to show up, I'm your, your motivational sales trainer for 15 minutes. So for um, Monday through Friday, I hop on and do a little 15 minute call. And then we expanded it. We do it on Facebook live. We do it on conference call. We do it on zoom. We're getting ready to do it on YouTube live. And then we record it and we podcast it. And so you can listen live or the recording and, and I'm there um, every single day for 15 minutes from 7.45 to 8 California time. And so anybody that has a, a sales team, you can have your, your team plug into this and they can do it live or the recording and they'll get you know, free you know, professional motivator once a day to get the team fired up. And, 
And I think we have about 300 people a day that uh, participate in that, you know, in, in various places in the world. <laughs> That's so cool. When, when I read that, uh, I was like, holy cow, what, what an amazing, amazing thing. And it was like, man, I want to do that with my own company, just have life coaching motivation. Uh, that is literally just, just so incredible. And, and it, again, it goes to the kind of man that you are. And it, it's just, I'm, I'm so privileged to have you here because the, the reason that I created Coaching for Leaders was leaders helping leaders. You, you know, you always hear that term, you know, it takes a village to, to raise a child. Well, you know what, as, as an adult, as a very effective entrepreneur or leader we all have to band together in order to help people and, yeah. and to help these future leaders when i come across a, a newly promoted um you know 20 year old sales manager who's like I, I got this i got this and then all of a sudden three months in he's being written up because his team is not performing that's that's not the kind of message that, that we need to send to our future leaders so so this kind of stuff is amazing you have something called eric's army and I love the logo, by the way. Uh, what what is that? Yeah, so Eric's Army is um, it's the name of my affiliate program. And so as people get connected to my message and they they really like it, and they might want to share it with their people, you know, their network, their team. And so uh, anybody can join Eric's Army for free. They help get the word out about my daily calls, or I have um, a four week masterclass that I do every month where I teach thirty seven different sales techniques, and that's all done for free. So if they want to help me get the word out, they can join Eric's army and they can receive a little referral compensation for, for helping me get the word out. That, that is so cool. When it comes to your, your master classes, um, do you find that people who are taking your master classes are taking them and then utilizing this information and then succeeding in sharing it? Uh, or is it something that they're taking it and then they come back and they just, they need more and more and more. So and what I mean by that is, is it an immediate fix or is it something that just guides them and inspires them to learn more to be better all the time? Yeah, it's, it's really both. And the implementation side, I think it has um, mostly to do with their own motivation. So <clears throat> you would think every commission salesperson is motivated to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> Lies, that is such a lie. <laughs> and the reality is a lot of them are complacent. Um, especially if they have accounts um, either that they went out and created themselves or were assigned to them. And maybe that's creating enough income to satisfy them financially. And so they're, you know, they're not doing any prospecting for new business. And um, one of the interesting things about motivation is that we tend to make our bills. We tend to earn our bills or our lifestyle. So if somebody's lifestyle is $8,000 a month in income and they're making eight grand a month, they're probably not going to be motivated to implement all these cool new sales techniques that are proven principles. And so where I really excel with, um, with my clients is when they have a motivation, they want to become the best or they want to become number one or they want to improve or they need to make more money because of their, their life circumstances. The thing about sales increase though, is that it's so much of it is predictable because it's, it's proven principles. You know, and, it, and selling is a learned skill. Leadership, those of you that are leaders listening right now, leadership is a learned skill and learning how to better uh, communicate with your team. Like one just simple thing that you can do is have one-on-one -on -one time uh, with your team members. And it's an opportunity for you to get inside their mind and find out what makes them tink, tick, what motivates them, what challenges are they having. There's things that you cannot do. You, it, you can do things one-on-one -on -one that you can't do on a group level. Because everybody's different, they have different motivations. And so 
Um, simple thing is just check in with yourself. Are you spending one-on-one -on -one time uh, with your team? And if you do that, and if it's done effectively, you're gonna build rapport and relationship and they're gonna wanna work even harder for you. Uh, the bottom line is there's all these things that we can learn. Just like when I went from bottom producer to top producer, it wasn't working harder and it wasn't luck. It was improved skill set that made the difference. Wow, that that is great. The the cool thing that I like that you said is is you're looking for someone who, who's motivated. You you yourself have been in this for 25 years and the, the, just from what I can see from the 90s to now. And you have created this presence, this this literally this empire that that is amazing. I mean, you you are all over the web with with, with the same consistent message. What what is that spark in you that you could share that maybe someone who's sitting there going, I'm not capable of doing this, you know, like like he did. But I mean, you you were that you started out that way. What what was that little spark that you had that helped you create this 25 years later? Yeah, and thank you for the acknowledgement. It's been a lot of hard work for many, many years. <laughs> I built my business from scratch. When I started, I was 28. And I was working out of a spare bedroom in my condo, and now I've built an international training company. And um, where that comes from that's duplicatable is having a vision for my future. And so like on my phone here, there's an app called Final Countdown. It's a free app that anybody can get. It's called Final Countdown. And I have, uh, it's a count up or countdown app. So here's this date. It's my last productive day, September 12, 2046. I've got 25 ah. years. I got, it's 9,358 days, eight hours, 40 minutes, seven seconds, no six seconds, no five seconds. I can watch my life countdown in front of my own eyes. But what's the takeaway from that is I have a vision of where I want to go and it, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So I wake up each day and I'm motivated because the clock's ticking on me, but it's ticking on all of us, right? And so if you have a place of where you want to go, like right in, in my business, I want to reach millions of people. And so in my career, I've reached hundreds of thousands, which is wonderful, but I haven't reached millions yet. I got 25.6 years left to go. So it's like, you know, Eric, just keep getting out there. Keep getting out there. Like what we're doing right here. Keep doing interviews. Keep just keep putting the message out there. Keep taking action. Keep taking action. But the, the motivation of that is the vision. So as a sales manager, sales leader, I would advise all of you to have a vision of what do you want your team to create? You know, the great Art Williams, who's one of the all-time great motivators, she started Primerica. And uh, Art Williams, he told his sales force, which I think was the largest insurance sales force in the world at the time, we're going to outsell Prudential. And Prudential had been around for over 100 years, and Art Williams was a new company. And it was like, that's crazy thinking. We're going to outsell Prudential. And that was his vision. And then they outsold Prudential. And so um, that was Art Williams' vision. So um, you can advise your sales team individually to have a vision of what they want to create, the sales professional that they want to be, and then have a company, have a, a team vision. And then if the entrepreneur who, the CEO of your company, the founder, um, if it's not you, if they have a vision, right? And so vision is a very 
very powerful motivator. And I wake up every single day with motivation. Wow. You, you just inspired me. That that app looked so cool. Uh, and, and it's funny because it, it really is just seeing that take away because I'm very deadline based. So when I see that, when I probably do that for myself, I think that would have some uh, positive uh, impact on my life, definitely. Um, I have entrepreneurs that I work with who they have an idea and they turn it into reality and they pay someone to make a website for them. And they have this incredible um, system that someone needs or this incredible service that someone needs or incredible product someone needs. They built this website. They're all set to go and then crickets. And they are good at what they do, but they're not good at sales. So do you have any advice for that entrepreneur who's, who is sitting here with the prettiest website, who has great social media with no followers, who is just like, okay, I have this great thing, but nobody knows about it. What do I do? Yeah. Well, the tough thing about sales is our culture programs us that selling is negative. And so a lot of people wake up each day and they're like this in their body as it relates to selling, right? Well, I'm the founder. I've got this great product. I built the website, but I don't want to sell it. You know, I'm thinking about this uh, photographer and videographer client of mine. And he's like, I just want to do the photography and the videography. I don't want to have to sell it. I hate selling. And the problem is who's going to sell it then? <laughs> Unless you can go hire a master salesperson, but you know, most entrepreneurs, at least in the beginning, don't have right. the ability to go hire a master salesperson, right? <laughs> so Selling is a hat that we wear, right? We, we wear a marketing hat, we wear a social media hat, we wear a leadership hat. There's all these hats that we wear. And it's understanding that selling is a learned skill and it has to do with mindset. Instead of thinking of sales as arm twisting, high pressure, manipulation, used car sales, liar, slick, fast talker, which is how so many people think about sales. Things only have the meaning that we give them. So if I make sales be negative, it's kind of like running a race. If you and I were going to, we were going to run a race, 100 yard dash, we're the same speed, except this time I have hurdles in front of me. I got to jump over the hurdles. Without the hurdles, we're the same speed, right? So I got to jump over four hurdles and you don't. The gun goes off and boom, we go running and you're going to beat me because I got to jump over the hurdles and you don't. Well, in life, we can create imaginary hurdles, but they're very real. And so an entrepreneur that has resistance to sales they just made their job a lot harder. So what I teach is selling equals service, sell from honesty, integrity, and compassion. Selling is about leading. Selling is about moving people to action. And I teach people to install that thought in their mind using the principle that I talked earlier about of repetition. So if we say something to yourself over and over and over again, Napoleon Hill and Thinking Go Rich called it auto-suggestion, a way to enter a thought into the subconscious mind. Just like when you're singing along with one of your favorite songs on the radio, how did the song get in your head, right? <laughs> repetition. So we can change our thinking with repetition. And in a lot of cases, we have beliefs that are happening on an unconscious level. We're not even aware of how they got in there. So the entrepreneurs like this about sales and the reality is they're gonna have to embrace sales to get their message out there or it's not gonna happen. So. First, we embrace sales, then we need the sales strategy. So if I was coaching an entrepreneur that had this great product, I'd want to know, how are you going to take the product to market? Okay, what is the way that you're going to get the product out there? Is it going to be distributed through an online store? 
Is it going to be distributed through a retail store? Are you going to, who's going to sell it, right? Are you going to sell it? Are you going to have a sales team? And I'd want to see on paper a plan of how this product is going to get sold. And, you know, like in my case, when I launched my sales training company, the sales strategy was to go be a guest speaker for sales teams. So I would go and I would speak to at their weekly sales meeting. And that got me in front of my target audience, which is salespeople. So any of you that are watching or listening to this, if you have a sales team, if you would like me to do a free motivational sales training for your team, just reach out to me. I'll happily do it. Typically, we do it on a Zoom. Well, that's a strategy to acquire new leads in my target market. So if you looked at my plan and go, oh, I get how you built your company. So everybody needs that. How are you going to bring the leads in and get the product in front of people? And ideally, you'd want to have multiple lead gen strategies and you know, one or more sales systems that are going to predictably produce results. Wow. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. The, the thing that you said was selling equals service. And, I, you know, you, you are the epitome of that. And, and I try and teach that too with, with my coaching when I work with, with entrepreneurs and when I work with different companies and I consult with them. Um, it, it literally is, hey, you know, this is a wonderful product. So, so let's just, let's do some demos. Let, let's get some feedback. Let's get some testimonials, but let's get it out there. And you have to spend time on sales. You said wearing many different hats. People, uh, as an entrepreneur, it's so hard because you don't have that, um, you don't have the luxury of hiring a team when you first start out. So yeah. when, when you did this, when you started, and now that you, you're doing it and, and every, everything that you have going on, how is it that you can be successful in sales and have a good life work balance? Yeah, you know, I, I don't really think of it in terms of work balance. My mindset is more like um, a Kobe Bryant or a Tiger Woods in this context. I'm obsessed with what I do. Now, <laughs> I am a father, I am a husband, and those are two very, very important roles in my life. Uh, but I don't have a lot of hobbies. I don't have a lot of friends um, because I, I want to be the best at what I do. And I, and I love what I do. And so with that requires sacrifice. And I was watching an interview with Kobe Bryant and the, it was a similar question to Kobe. And he said, you know, when I was in my playing days, I didn't have a lot of friendships because, you know, he was just obsessed with, with producing that kind of a result. And so it just comes down to life by design. You know, and my life is set up the way it is because I want it to be set up in the way I, I love um, what it is that I do. And so um, there's not a lot of work-life balance. There's certainly, like I said, I'm a dad and I'm, I'm a husband, uh, but I don't do a lot of things outside my work because this is, my work isn't really work. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's an expression of myself and it's a way for me to help people. And then back to that word of service, you know, serving, just like right now I'm here to serve you, I'm here to serve your audience. That's it, right? right? And if business comes out of it, wonderful. Um, but you know, people can feel when you're really there to serve, and people can feel when all you're caring about is is you know closing the deal. And I'll tell you a quick story about how I got on the get motivated stage, which is a very prestigious stage in the speaker world. It's the stage that Zig Ziglar was on when he was alive, and um, Les Brown, motivational speaker. He personally introduced me to uh, the person that handles the speakers, a guy named Brian Forte. And he goes, Les says to Brian, you got to have Eric Offham on your stage. And Brian's like, I don't know who that is. And Les says, look, he's this. And, he's, and I got on that stage and 
I think Les did that for me because he felt my servant heart. It wasn't me persuading Les. I never asked Les, hey, introduce me to Brian Forte. I, that would be kind of a bold thing. I guess I, guess I could have, but that wasn't my mindset. It was just show up as service and Les opened that door for me because he felt my servant heart. And this is really a beingness conversation. And those of you that are sales leaders, your beingness with your team really matters. You know, and if I was, um, one of my clients recently left his sales position because his sales manager was managing him from fear and intimidation. And it just, that that's a short-term increase. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nobody enjoys having a boss that's using fear and intimidation. And if you're like, well, I'm getting better sales results. Kinda. I mean, there's such a better <laughs> way to do it. And so when people are feeling your kindness and that you really care, I don't ever use fear and intimidation with my team. It's about connecting with them and showing them how if they perform at a higher level, you know, we work together. We're a team. You know, we work together and we, we do things in patterns. And if you worked for a manager that used fear and intimidation, and then that's just how, that's how you were imprinted in your mind, then you bring that to your sales team, right? So there's a better way <laughs> is really what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it's uh, one thing that you you have on your website that I think got me. It's under one of your programs, and you said, uh, "Would you like to learn how to sell efforts, or would you like to learn how to effortlessly close a sale? Would you like to learn how to sell from a place of honesty and compassion? And would you like to learn to sell by serving others and adding value to client?" And exactly, it's your message. It's, it's a consistent message with what you do, and that's so foreign in a lot of of sales ads that you find nowadays. I mean. You can, you know, you just click on any kind of Facebook ad and it takes you down this endless rabbit hole of a funnel where it's like yeah. for $7, you get this, for one thirty nine you get this, for 20 you get this, and it just keeps going on. And it's like, I just want to buy the first thing. And then by the time you get to the middle of the funnel, you're like, okay, I'm done with this. You just scrap the whole thing. Yeah. And, and because that is not a place of honesty and it's not by serving others in, 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 in a lot of ways. And and I know funnels are, are big and I know they're necessary and I know they're needed in, in the industry and they have, they make people a lot of money. But the way that you do it, the way that you teach it is so much more in, in that value. And if you're listening today, I, I want you to, to think about that value. I mean, when I, I had a sales job uh, once where I sold uh, training. And for me as, as a, a life coach, I, it was just like, that was my thing, you know, because it was like, I could actually spend other people's money to train people and to, to help them be better in their careers. You know, so we sold a lot of soft skills. We sold a lot of hard skills, a lot of computer IT stuff. And, and it was amazing and it was rewarding. And it was always relationship sale. Um, when, can you tell uh, like some of our new managers and new entrepreneurs what relationship sales is versus other types of sales? Well, if you think about it from a, a transaction standpoint versus a relationship standpoint. And one of the things that I, I teach my internal team is that when you reach out to somebody the way we do it, the very first call is focused on relationship. And if you think about um, dating, right? So when I, when I met my wife, there's stages that you go through in a relationship that we all can relate with. So at the end of the first date with my wife, I didn't say to her, Hey, I had an amazing time. You know, you want to move in with me, <laughs> right? I just said, Hey, I had a great time. Would you like to go out again? 
And she said, yes. And then we went out again. I had a great time again. Would you like to go out again? And then that went on for a period of time. And then we became exclusive. And then I proposed and then we got married. And so in business, there are, it's a, it's a similar pattern, not necessarily as long as, as uh, courting somebody <laughs> for marriage, but there's a, a pattern of, of what is it, what needs to be communicated at this stage of the relationship? You know, when would you ask somebody to refer you to their entire database? At what point would you do that? And if you just, a good simple takeaway is to just think, what is the next step with the prospect at this time and sell to the next step. And then once you do that, then you sell to the next step. And just to keep it really, really simple. And that's what I do. And it really creates low resistance, no resistance selling because I'm just simply selling the prospect to the next step. So when I do my morning call, you know, it's free. I don't ask for anything, just come and enjoy the call. And that's the next step. And it's just value, 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 value. So if you can think about that, that can, can really be of help. I, I love that. The The next part that I'd like to ask is about overcoming objections. Um, but there's a, a lot of time when someone is is trying to do what you're saying. They're trying to build that relationship. They're trying to get them to, the, to that next level, but they just can't, they, they don't understand what an objection is and how to overcome that. Do you have it, like one or two tips for a, a new sales manager or a new entrepreneur who's listening? Yeah, so one, one thing about any skill set like objection handling, all skill sets in selling can be learned. They're a muscle that you can develop. And so what I do with objection handling is I just focus on that. I put closing to the side. I put lead gen to the side. I put appointment setting to the side. And I'm just going to work on that. Kind of like the basketball player working on their right hand, work on their left hand, work on their free throw. I'm going to work on that aspect of selling. And if I get better at objection handling, it's going to make my overall sales game stronger. And the way I think about objection handling is when you ask for the order at the end of the presentation and you're silent, when we sell one-on-one, -on -one, that's typically how it's done. How do you feel about moving forward? Are you ready to get started? And then you're silent. And then it's like giving the prospect the hot potato. And so then they're going to say yes, no, or they're going to give you an objection. So they might say, well, Eric, the price is too high. So I ask for the order and I'm silent. I give the prospect the hot potato. They say the price is too high. So now I have it back. So what do I want to do? I want to give it back to them. And I'm going to use a script and it's going to go something like this. Is that your only concern or how much too much is it? Or tell me more about that. Or um, other than the prices or anything else preventing you from moving forward. And what you want to do is you want to train your sales team to have multiple responses for these predictable objections. And then they're able to respond back to those objections and just have a, an effective back and forth communication in the, this is in the closed section of the presentation. All of this is predictable. We know what they're going to say. We can prepare our responses and it really comes down to role play. And it's getting your team to role play and a, and a lot of sales teams, it's not a part of their culture. And so consider having that be, become a part of your culture because as your team gets better at effectively handling these objections, they're going to get better. Their close ratio is going to go up and they're going to have more confidence. I think one of the neatest things somebody did for me for role playing one time was we're in the office and she comes in and goes, Hey guys, would you like to have, uh, have this afternoon off with pay? And everybody's like, yeah, sure. So she, she jumped up on the desk and just kind of just sat there and said, okay, sell me on it. Why should I? Mm -hmm. 
and then the entire team was just like um <laughs> you know and then somebody chimed in and they started talking and she and she's like well i don't understand why that would what what value would it be to let me to let you guys go home with pay today i, I don't understand and she was just pulling it out of us yeah. and it was one of the most amazing sales training experiences i ever had because we all it, it was like this group working together and we were all playing off of each other and we all added in and we got to see the evolution of a no of somebody who's not going to do it to where you know we we talked her into it and, and it, but it was and it was like an hour long of nope that's not good enough I, I just don't see the value yeah. uh and it ended up being one of the best training sessions i think i ever ever had wow. because it, it was going in like that and, and i loved it um and the fact that we got to, to take off and then our numbers actually increased that month where yeah. every person <clears throat> made sales just because of this one little idea that she had and, and i was yeah. very very impressed with that and uh so, so if you're listening, when you think about stuff like that, when you think about bringing your team together so that they can play with each other or, or like you said, having scripts of objections, you know, it can be very simple. If you're in an office, just create a, a Google Drive, put all the objections in there and let everybody have access to it. And then when they're on the phone, if they need to pull it up, they've got these scripts that, that helps them because scripts and role playing are, are so incredible with, with helping. Um, Eric, one problem I'm finding too with a lot of my sales managers is follow up. You know, they actually do the hard work and they get the lead, but then the lead just sits in their CRM or the lead will just sit on their desk and they're nervous or they're busy or they don't prioritize it and they don't do the follow-up to call the lead back or, or somebody says, hey, I want to buy something and then they don't call them back. Have you come across that in, in your career? Yeah, I mean, follow-up, <laughs> there's all these different skill sets that we need in selling, right? Where in some cases you're out prospecting for the lead. Some companies provide you the leads. Um, then we've got to do the appointment setting, which that's an appointment setting hat, right? And then we're running the appointment. That's a different hat. And then the follow-up is another hat. And um, we do things in patterns. And so some people's pattern is they're just not good at the follow-up. From a management standpoint, one of the best things that you can do is just add an accountability mechanism into the way you manage your team. So you, if you have a once-a-week sales meeting, one of the things you can do is have the team come to the sales meeting with the deals that they have in their pipeline. Hey, what are your top three deals? Tell us what those top three deals are. Okay, next time we come to the meeting next week, give us an update on those deals and you know, tell us your new top three deals. And if there's an accountability mechanism, if, if you're managing me and I've got you know, the Johnson account and you say, okay, Eric, I want an update tomorrow on the Johnson account. Well, I gotta deliver that to my manager. But if my manager's not paying attention, and I'm uncomfortable following up with the Johnson account for whatever reason, right? I'm disorganized or I just, whatever the reason is, I'm avoiding it. And then the manager is not paying attention to me and making sure I'm doing it. So that's a real, it's a low hanging fruit opportunity for a sales manager who doesn't currently have a good culture of follow-up. Just add in that accountability mechanism and you can just fix it like that. Yeah. And that is probably one of the biggest things. And as a leader, I always tell people, you know, delegation without follow-up is just wishful thinking, you, you know, because it's just like, you have to have that in there and it's all that trust and verify stuff, but you, you definitely want, want to have that. So if you are managing a team, if you are, own, if you own a company, putting that follow-up in there, when you're doing all this hard work and you get these leads and they just sit there and they don't go anywhere, it, it's embarrassing in so many ways, uh, both for the person who's not doing it, but, uh, but for you as a leader. So really, really, uh, I challenge you 
to make some accountability for your team. What about um, qualifying leads? I mean, everybody hears, hears that term, especially if you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur and um, you know, you, you're a, a consultant or, or anything in the service industry and you get these leads, but you spend time on these leads and the person just doesn't have the money. They're just inquiring all these different things. What does it mean when you own a business to qualify your lead? Could you explain that to our new entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, with um, the, the mechanism you would use is the sales script. And you make a really great point. You know, you, you invest this time into this you know, business relationship. I'll, just, I'll, I'll teach it with a very quick story. So my relative, he meets this woman, they fall in love. She's got two kids. He moves in with her. The, the, her young boys call him dad. They go buy a house. And then after they buy the house, she says, so when are we getting married? And he goes, what? She goes, when are we getting married? She goes, he goes, we're not getting married. <laughs> and she goes, but we love each other. The kids call you dad. We live in the same, we bought a house together. He goes, yeah, we're not getting married. So they broke up. <laughs> and so <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to know before he moved in in the first place, hey, if, if you move in here, I need to know that your plan is that eventually we're going to get married. And then he would have said, well, that's not going to happen. And then that would have saved them all that time. So that's a, a story about qualifying. So, I love that. So <laughs> we want to, and, and not every product or service requires that we qualify. You know, my entry level sales course, it's you know, 300 bucks. It's right. a small amount of money that you don't have to qualify. But if you go into the higher price products, we do qualify. And so early on in the sales process, you're going to ask them probing questions to determine if this is going to make sense or not. So if you're selling solar, you've got to make sure that this family owns the house <laughs> because if you go give a solar presentation, they don't own the house, they're not going to buy. And so you might my, ask my, questions. My apartment number is 3C. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you're a financial advisor, you know, you might only work with clients that have a net worth of a million dollars or more. So instead of investing an hour with them, you might ask them, you know, I'd love to book an appointment with you, share some ideas on how I can help you achieve your financial goals and dreams. Before I do that, though, I work with clients that um, have a net worth of a million dollars or more. Um, you know, do you currently have a net worth of a million dollars or more? And it's, it's a direct question, but it's going to save time. And, you know, if, if I'm that financial advisor, if that's my threshold, there's no point in having a dialogue beyond 15 minutes if, or whatever amount of time I, I determined. I do free talks for sales teams. Typically it's the sales teams of six or more. I don't usually do free talks for two or more. So that's a qualification question. And uh, it's important to have these conversations up front. Sometimes we don't want to have them because then we might get rejected, but then it's up being a big waste of time, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to script out your questions and go through those questions as part of your qualification process. That, that's that's amazing and it's very, i love the story and that's very good information for people yes. one of the one of the problems that a lot of people have had this year is their their sales they're very effective sales managers doing a great job COVID hits everybody's working from home all of a sudden i'm managing a remote team oh my god you know and they you know without having that interaction every day uh without understanding a lot of a lot of them didn't understand zoom you know especially some of the, some of the older um sales people who are, are set in their ways you know it's like well, what do you mean i got to do zoom meetings what, what is this how um how has that impacted um like mid-20 with with remote management 
How has that impacted sales that you are aware of? Or what's, you know, any stories to share with that? You know, I don't have any stories that come to mind, but I think the most important thing, we go back to this idea of we do things in patterns and a manager who's never managed a remote team before and all of a sudden they have to, it's kind of like the realtor who's never done a virtual listing presentation, right? They've always gone into the home and we, we just have to adapt and we have to be flexible, open-minded and yeah, it's challenging. You know, if you're used to having your team there and now they're not there, but it's just asking questions around, well, how can I adapt? How can I adjust to this? Where can I, you know, learn Zoom? If you look at Zoom, to your point, a lot of people aren't, aren't, uh, didn't have a background with Zoom, but it's not that hard. I mean, you and I figured it out, right? It's like, when I was first introduced to Zoom, it was a little overwhelming, but the way we get better at stuff is we just get time behind the wheel. So now I'm comfortable being on video, but the first time I was on video on a Zoom, I was like, man, that's kind of weird. Like, I'm uncomfortable, you know, we both figured out the earbud thing. So the audio is better. I'm hard, hardwired in here because the, you know, to make sure that the internet connection and we just, you just yeah. learn, be flexible, especially now so much with COVID requires a flexible mindset, trying new things. And, uh, you know, that, that's my best advice on that. I, I love that. And the adaptability and the flexibility, you, you know, if you're any kind of leader, that's, that's part of what's ingrained in us. That that's why you're a leader is because you're adaptable. And that's the human evolution over all these thousands of years is we're adaptable. And we think outside the box, we try new things, we learn new things, you know, learning is, is something that you just can't turn off. Nobody can ever take learning away from you. Anything yes. that you learn, it can never be taken away. And it's one of the most precious gifts. So if you're a leader and you're struggling in, in, in different ways, reach out. There's so much. I mean, there's YouTube University. There, there, there's all these different um, specialists in the world. Eric, right here, all the stuff that we've been talking about for the last you know 40 minutes or so with Eric has been, I'm here to help. I'm here because I live my life as with a life of service. Here's all the information that, that I want to share with you. If you want more, let, let's talk about the value that I can bring to you. And this is an amazing thing. So just reach out, Eric, how can my listeners find you? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, a couple things. Um, one, I'm the only Eric Lofholm in the world. So <laughs> if you Google me, that's me. And yeah. I'm on all the main social media platforms. So if you're on LinkedIn, love to connect with you. You know, send me a little note on, so I know where, where, uh, where you found me from. Uh, Facebook, um, my website's my name, ericlofholm.com. Uh, I'm on YouTube. Um, so, you know, just find me by, by Google search, connect with me, however you like to connect. If you want to get on my email list, if you go to ericoffhome.com, just opt in for anything on there, that'll put you on the list. And, uh, you know, if you have a sales team, I'd love to do one of two things for you, either do a, a free sales meeting for you, share some great ideas with your team, or just have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, with you, maybe for a half an hour. And um, just love to learn more about you. If you have any questions of me, um, you know, I'd love to help you. So those are, those are some different free offers for those of you listening. That, that's great. And the other thing that you're doing is you have a website called continuoussalesimprovement.com. And that's your new upcoming book. And you have your first chapter is, is a link to it where they can read the first chapter of the book. One thing that you have on the site that, that struck me is if you are struggling in sales because of the new economy, there is hope. 
that is such a strong and powerful message. And I think that that is, again, the energy that, that you throw off the screen, the energy that you throw off with everything that you do is you bring hope to people. Uh, and it's all in capital letters. It's right there. And, and for that, you know, for, for being in this industry and for being in an industry where I love to help people, I just, I want to say thank you for all of your hard work and, and to, to, I'm really proud to know you because this is just uh, incredible for what you're doing. And I wish you nothing but success. And I hope that your, your final countdown keeps going and I hope that all your dreams come true and I hope you reach those million people. Awesome, Dave. Well, it was just wonderful to be with you today and thanks for what you're doing for entrepreneurs and for sales leaders to provide them guidance and hope and encouragement by bringing guests on like myself. So, you know, keep doing the great work that you're doing. It was really a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone, you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you next time.